Hey everybody, welcome to a very important and what is a very special service for us here at North Point Church. We're so excited uh, that you're with us at our online campus and uh, we hope that you've enjoyed the worship. We are especially excited today because this is a very, very meaningful service for us because there are a couple of people that you know very, very well, uh, probably. If you don't know them, I'm sure you've heard about them. Uh, they're very special to us. That's Pastor Steve and Jean Williams. And uh, they've just made the difference in our lives. And frankly, they have made a difference in the lives of people all over the world. In fact, like every week, there are people that are tuning in to our church service from all over the world. And uh, we're excited about that. But it's not just those who are uh, tuned in all over the world or watching through our online campus. We actually, for the first time since March, have a worship center that is filled with people. Socially distanced and legal, actually under 100. But our staff is here and Steve and Jean is also here. In fact, if everybody could just say hello, if we could get a camera on everybody, everybody would say hello. Uh, this is our staff team. And uh, we wanted to get together and honor Pastor Steve and Jean because... Uh, I got to tell you, working with these guys for as many years as many of us have, they have made a profound uh, difference in our lives. Now, you'll know throughout our years at North Point, we've done a variety of sermon series. Uh, we've done a sermon series called Game Changers. We've done a sermon series called World Changers. We've talked about difference makers. Tonight, we're going to do no different because we're going to talk about people that really have changed the world. And we're going to use their story and their testimony to share with you what we'd call the principles of godly leadership and how they transfer, can transfer into all of our lives. Pastor Steve and Jean have uh, faithfully exemplified uh, the qualities of faith, hope, and love to every person that they've ever met. They've communicated the gospel faithfully and uh, with such uh, care and compassion to everyone that they meet. Uh, throughout the years, they've taught us the mission of North Point Church, which is to create a positive faith environment so that every person could become a fully developing follower of Jesus. And that's at every stage of their life, from the smallest of kids to adults, they have poured into us. In fact, if you've already printed your message notes and you happen to have those, there's a scripture right at the top, or you'll see it on the screen here. Uh, Paul, he's writing to his protege, Timothy, and he says this, he says, you must follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. Now, there are few people that could probably say that with integrity. <laughs> Look at me, just as I've looked at Jesus. But I'm telling you today that uh, these two people, Pastor Steve and Jean, they could say that. In fact, Paul goes on to say something. He says, uh, and the things that you've heard from me, among many witnesses, you commit these things to faithful people who are able to teach others also. And this is really what they've done for us and what they've done for you. And so what we want to do tonight is talk about some of the things that they've taught us about leadership. And uh, what is the legacy of great leadership? Now to kick this off, there's no better person than uh, Pastor Steve's right-hand man and our executive pastor, Pastor Ronnie McDougal. So he's going to come. Thank you, Shane. 2001 was uh, when my wife and, and my children and I came to North Point for the very first time. And we came from a broken, um, frustrating experience in church. 
And so we came here wounded and with the intention with a, a couple other families just to hide out in the back and, uh, and just uh, take in the worship and be the last ones here and the first ones to leave. And, uh, and some of you can relate to that because you've uh, walked that journey. And it was after several weeks of being here that um, Steve caught wind of uh, our situation and our families that were coming. And so he invited us after Saturday night service um, to go to one of our children's buildings, the red building. Uh, it was called the caboose or the train or something uh, that it was decorated in and to have pizza just so that he could sit and, and, and talk with us and hear our story. And, and I'll never forget, you know, going, okay, you know, here's, here's a pastor who's figured out. I was the only one who was not a pastor at the time and, and two other families, they'd been on staff before. And so he's plugging in that he's got some new people that he can uh, use and, and abuse because that was something that we were accustomed and used to in our church life. And, and so we sat to eat pizza and I'll never forget that it was uh, the conversation completely different than I had anticipated when he just said, you know, we don't want anything from you guys. We want you guys to come and heal. And we are more concerned that you are walking closely with Jesus than about what you do or don't do here at North Point. You want to serve, you can plug in to serve, you're more than welcome to. You want to come and sit and just, uh, and just be part of the church body, uh, we welcome that too. But we have no expectations for you. And I got to tell you, that was so freeing. At the time, I worked for a publishing company, and we uh, specialized in, in Christian authors and non-fiction uh, writers. And, and so I was used to uh, working with these, these mega pastors and these uh, best-selling authors all around the world. And, and I got to tell you, they were so much ego. And, and some of them were, were just so incredibly um, arrogant, and uh, had all these demands and these things that, that they expected whenever you met with them and so forth. And, and so here is a pastor that I'm like, okay, we're going to see what he's about. And right from the get-go, our first real meeting and dialogue, he taught an incredible leadership lesson. And talk about legacy, he's carried this on and it's true today. And so if you're taking notes and you want to write this down, number one is godly leaders act in humility. If you want to be a godly leader then you need to be humble in how you do life and walk with people. And this was Steve and Miss Jean from day one. They set that example for us. And it never changed and never wavered. And they were so authentic in the fact that they cared about us as people more than they cared about what we could do or how we can contribute and how we could help. This Christmas series, uh, I get to be a part of the, the series coming up next month, and I get to look at a passage of scripture and, and, a, and one of the prophets, Micah. And I, in preparing for that, I came across this verse in Micah 6, 8, you're going to see it on your outline, and it says, Know, O people, O people, the Lord has told you what is good, and this is what he requires of you. Now, again, if you're saying, God's, this is what God is requiring of me. This is something that you should underline, take notes, and, and pay special attention to. And he goes on and says, this is what he required of you, to do what is right, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. They have done that. And it's been so refreshing now that I've been on staff as 17 years as as Pastor Steve, as my pastor, not only my boss, but my mentor and my pastor and my shepherd, to see him live this out. 
And so the question that I'm asking myself is, okay, what would my family, would my family say this about me? Would my coworkers say this about me? As you lead people, whether it's in your own home or in the office, could people say that about you, that you walk humbly with the Lord, that you do what is right? Paul says in Philippians 2, 3, says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility, consider yourself, consider others better than yourself. Now, oftentimes we, we flip that, don't we? we? We consider ourselves better than others for whether it be what we have in terms of our pieces of paper that hang on the wall or our title and nameplates that we have on our doors. But in humility, we consider others better than ourselves. There's three examples that I have uh, seen both Steve and Miss Jean display over the last 19 years that have been a part of North Point Church. And these are points that I ask myself and I'm going to ask you to reflect on to see if these are things that you can relate to and that you can uh, find uh, some similarities in maybe your leadership and and your walk with him. So how does godly leaders act in humility? The first one is, is that they put others first. They have continually displayed that they put other people first. Now, I don't know if you guys caught this last week in Pastor Steve's message because it was just a um, 30-second spot, but it made such an impactful um, message that just rang so loud to me last week. He started the message off, and he stood before us. He said this was his, his last message as a senior pastor of North Point Church after 30 years. It took no more than 30 seconds. And then he went on to preach a message about transitions and having being a God of transitions and how to walk through transitions in a healthy way. How no matter whatever situation that you're going through, whether it be in family, he talked about divorce, he talked about broken homes or work or calling in your life. And he began to minister to those people that were watching online, you, or people that were here at the live service last week, doing what he's done for over 30 plus years, not talking about himself, but ministering and speaking God's truth into every single one of us as hearers. 30 years, he's he's given his life and his ministry to this church as its shepherd, as its guide, ministering to the broken and the hurting. And yet he took 30 seconds to say, this is my last time as your senior pastor. That's humility. That's putting other people first. Not tooting his own horns or how many baptisms he's done or, or, or how many countries that, that he's gotten to speak at and how many thousands of people that, that have committed their life to Christ because of his teaching. No, we heard none of that. Because he's lived a life of putting other people first. Godly leaders act in humility this other way, and it's because they listen to others. They listen to others. The best leaders are those that are quick to listen and slow to speak. And they have displayed that over and over again. It shows the value and respect that they have for other people. The thousands of hours that both Steve and Miss Jean have spent with people in tears, celebrating births and weddings and anniversaries and, and triumphs, weeping with people over loss and brokenness, being an ear to listen. It's so humbling. 
Godly leaders act in humility this third way and is that they know how to say thank you. They're appreciative of other people. Showing appreciation is something that is missing, honestly, in today's society. And yet they're constantly sending out notes and giving phone calls and encouraging. You know, just last week, I had the privilege of driving to to Hatchapi with Pastor Steve and Pastor Shane, and we went to go visit a, a North Point family member, Bill Willis, who, who was in hospice and, and only had, as we turned out now, less than a week to live. And as we walked in to visit him to say goodbye, and, and, and uh, he got for his birthday this incredible picture, aerial picture of our campus. And Bill Willis, if you don't know, is, is the one that actually was in charge of building this building right here that we sit in, and thousands of people. And so as Steve was showing the picture and leaning over the, his bed and just saying, Bill, this is, you have a part of this. Thank you. Thank you for what you did, the commitment that you made, the lives that you've helped change because of using God, the God-given gifts and abilities. And, and I, I just, I love you and I, and I thank you. A humble person will take the time to extend a word of thanks and a job well done, the service performed well. I know personally, over the last 17 years that I've been on staff, and I have a handful of people that I can count on any time that I get the privilege of teaching on the platform that I'm gonna get a text or a phone call of encouragement, of appreciation, uh, an attaboy, and these two people that are sitting right in front of me were always chief among them. I always got a connection card, a text message. And you guys know as well as anyone, they always weren't that good. (laughs) Some of them were barely manageable. And yet he constantly would just affirm me and appreciate me for what I was doing. Well, Steve and Gene, there are a lot of people that want to give you thanks. Not everyone can do it uh, in a timely manner, but there's some people that uh, we've been able to capture, and so we want you just to take a look and see what they have to say. Steve and Gene, I'm so excited for you guys for this next season of life, and I just want to honor you and say one of the things that I appreciate about you so much is just your faithfulness. Steve and Gene, we appreciate you so much. It has meant so much to us to know you and to work with you, and uh, we just want to bless you on your special day. The way you have done your work, sincerely, secretly, silently, it set a great example for all of us. You have no idea how exhausting it is to be in a group with Steve. It's all me, 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 me. I've flown all over the world helping people. I've led 400 people to Christ. I'm a senior pastor of a great church. How can you compete with that? It's exhausting. Steve Williams. He was so welcoming, you couldn't help but feel that you were where you're supposed to be. Hi guys, I didn't want to miss this opportunity to say how much I love you. He gets every question right. He ruins the Bible trivia games. But don't get me started about Jean. You only feed her Folgers coffee once, and you never make that mistake again. I know that God is going to bless you in a very mighty way, and I am just thrilled for you guys and how much you've poured into our lives, how much you've supported and encouraged us over the years. We can't thank you enough. We appreciate you and we love you, and we wish you all the best going forward. Jean not only told me 
but modeled for me that my greatest ministry was to make sure that Pastor Brent had a healthy home and that out of that, his ministry to the church would be what God had called him to do. So Steve is uh, leaving uh, North Point as a senior pastor and uh, we were wondering, do we also have to throw him out of our small group as well? I mean, it's just, you know, could be God's timing. Congratulations to Pastor Steve and Miss Jean today on so many wonderful years of uh, just great ministry here at North Point Church. He said, Brent, people are gonna remember not the great things that we did together, but how you leave and how you transition. Well, the legacy of godly leadership. Uh, so many lessons that can be learned in this, uh, in this particular title alone. And, uh, and I'm just, uh, I'm excited just to get to share a few of those uh, with you today. Uh, and and, and the, the second thing you can write on your outline is, is that godly leaders live with discipline. They live with discipline. And, and uh, so in, in nearly 20 years here, one thing I've learned, uh, you know, working with Steve is the guy is extremely disciplined. All right. And, and, and for, for, for good reason. I mean, he's the senior pastor, you know, of the church and, and this sort of thing. And, and, uh, there, there, there was those times where we needed to have meetings and he would just straight tell us, no, uh, you're not having a meeting at this time because this is my quiet time. Right. And, uh, the guy couldn't get up at 4 a.m. Like, you know, God fearing people, he had to do his like at 10 a.m. Okay. Uh, and so, you know, for the rest of us, you know, so, so difficult. No, uh, listen, in, uh, in Titus uh, chapter one and verse eight, it says this. Uh, it says that, uh, that, that leaders this way, you know, uh, shepherds, they must be hospitable and love what is good. And he must be uh, self-controlled and upright and holy and, and disciplined. And honestly, man, it, that's just something with Stephen Jean that has been so incredible to watch uh, in my life as we've served together. And, and uh, uh, well, Jean and I have cried together. I don't know that Steve and I have ever really cried together. Um, but, uh, but, you know, uh, but we've traveled a lot together. And so, you know, uh, I wrote home and cried sometimes, you know, with those international travels too. But, but, uh, but, you know, the reality is, is when you're talking about God's word, you're like, there's just something that, that, that is so uh, comforting to know that your senior leader is disciplined when it comes to studying God's word. When, 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 and it's this, this idea that, that nothing's going to get in the way of that. And it's such a beautiful thing to, to know. Number two, you can, uh, uh, or you can write this down on there, is that a disciplined approach to study. And that's that big idea for Steve, man. It's just that he has such a disciplined approach to study. And in everything it was, whether it was studying the scriptures, whether it was uh, talking through uh, like our community, and understanding what, what's going on in our community and, and, uh, and the, the DNA of our community and the, the DNA of our church. Like those are some of the things with, with his discipline, those weren't things you really ever challenged Steve in because he, he believed, he bled those things because of that discipline, no doubt. And then you can write it down as also that a disciplined approach to communicating the Bible clearly and simply. There's just something so beautiful in the way that Steve Williams delivers God's word. 
Now, my style, Steve's style, way opposites, right? Where you have no idea what might come out of my mouth, right? But, you know, I can, I can watch Steve teach four services and know at this time he's going to be on this point within a few seconds, because he's, he's mastered that approach of, of discipline in his studies. It's been incredible to, to watch years and years ago over in, the, over in the old worship center. I remember being backstage during a Christmas program and, and Steve was getting ready to go out and, and I don't even know why I was there. I probably wasn't even supposed to be backstage, you know, but I was just kind of back there trying to act cool with everybody else. And, and Steve, I, I watched him, he had a microphone tucked under his arm and, uh, and he had this card with his notes on it and he was just looking through them and he folded it up, put it in his back pocket and pulled the mic and walked out on stage and delivered one of the most concise, powerful salvation messages that I'd ever heard. They didn't have notes. They were all here. Because we know what comes out here is in our heart, right? And that's one of the things that I valued so much in, in working with Steve and watching him as a leader, as a godly leader, is to, to be disciplined in his, in, his, uh, in his teaching. Now, you'll see in 1 Timothy uh, chapter 3 and verse 2, it, it actually says this. It says, for a pastor must be a good man whose life cannot be spoken against. And I think all these, these things are really true. He, it, obviously, it says he must have only one wife. He, he, he must be hardworking and thoughtful, orderly, and full of good deeds. He must enjoy having guests in his home. And that's really Gene's thing, by the way, you know. Steve kind of got away with that one a little bit because Gene's really good at that part, you know. But, uh, but anyway, um, and then listen to what it says right here. This is so critical. It says, and must be a good Bible teacher. Uh, that's just something for the last 20 years of my life that I've got to sat, so sit in this, in this uh, you know, congregation here and listen to one of the best Bible teachers I've ever heard in my life. And that's something of value for every one of us. And that's a legacy that he will continue to, to, uh, to pass on. Uh, Titus chapter one and verse nine says this, and it says, continue on saying, and have a good grip on, a, on the message, right? Knowing how to use the truth, listen to this, to either spur people on in knowledge or stop them in their tracks if they oppose it. And so thank you, Steve, for being able to share truth with us. Uh, sometimes when it hurts, right? Sometimes when it's tough. And I know there have been those tough messages over the years where, where um, you know, as a church and as the, the, the leader of our church, you've had, to, you've had to tackle some tough topics. But you've always done it with such incredible, precise integrity, honoring God in, 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 in each word that you speak. And that's something I've, I've watched and just thought, how in the world has he crafted this message in such a way that every word that comes out is the perfect word? You're good. You're good. Number three, you can write it down, is that a disciplined approach to financial integrity and generosity. The reason I chose this is because in the world we live today, people love to look at the church 
and make lame accusations about finances and, and all these sorts of things. I can't tell you the countless times uh, I've known Steve to be the very first in a meeting to say, well, then I just won't take a raise. Or I'll talk with Gene and we'll figure out, we'll figure out a way and, and I'll, I'll, I'll cut my pay. And of course, I'm sitting there in the corner of the room going, oh gosh, man, I, I don't know how, uh, I'm not even bringing that one up to my wife, you know? I tell you, if I go home and say, I'm not taking a raise, man, huh? You know, and, and it's just been such a fantastic example of faith, of, of just that, that, that disciplined approach that integrity is in all things, not just the easy things. I feel so fortunate to not only have, have been on staff here for quite a while, but, but to know that our staff has been on staff here for so long. And to rub shoulders with family, and so much of that is just because of the faithfulness and integrity of our senior leader, who has made sure that he's led by example. He's made sure that people come before programs. And he's made sure that if God's called us to take a step, that finances were never going to be the thing that held us back. Again, in Titus chapter 1 and verse 7, it says that, that an elder must live a blameless life. He must not be, uh, be arrogant or quick-tempered. Uh, he, he must not be a heavy drinker, violent, or dishonest with money. Well, I love, love, love the way Steve has led now, I got to tell you a little little secret one time. I was sitting in eight o'clock service back here and Steve was, first of the year, he's maybe the second series of the year, this particular year, he was talking on, on finances. I don't remember the exact series, but he challenged the congregation to begin tithing. And if after the year, they didn't feel like God had, had honored them tithing, that we would give back every penny, every dollar they had given. And I thought to myself, this guy has lost it. There's no way. There's got to be some suckers sitting here, man, that are just like, oh yeah, you know. And you know, there wasn't ever anybody that ever asked for their money back. Of course not. Of course not. It's one of the most powerful, most genuine, most integrity-filled messages from a pastor teaching on money and giving that I've ever heard my entire life. First Timothy finishes up in, in, uh, in chapter three and verse three when it says that, that this, uh, uh, this leader, this, this pastor is not given to drunkenness, not violent, but gentle, not quarrelsome, and it says not a lover of money. The thing I've enjoyed most about watching Steve and Gene operate here as our senior leaders is they've done everything with integrity. They've done everything with the love of this, this congregation, this body of Northwest Fresno and beyond. And they're two of the most generous people I've ever met in my life. That's a legacy. And that's one that I, I'm, I'm proud to actually uh, sit with you and have learned from you. God bless you guys. Hi, Steve and Gene. What a perfect time with this transition to say we are so grateful for all of the changed lives through your faithful ministry. 
We're celebrating with you in this new role and honoring you both for how well you have said yes to God. Thanks for everything you've ever done. You've been a good friend when I needed you to talk to you. We are servants of the Lord who have impacted uh, lives here in Kenya and lives in uh, Baton Fresno, California. Today, they have ministered faithfully and skillfully and in numerous churches all over California, including four years in the early years of Saddleback Church. And they were an integral part of creating the foundation for the ministry that Kay and I have now done for 40 years. Thanks, Steve, uh, for giving me the chance for that season of partnering together. And I thank you uh, for <clears throat> the sincerity and dedication that you had to Easton Southern Baptist Church. The little things of friendship the smile, singing with guitar, love the Beatles. I really love those people. All the best. We just want you to know how much we love both of you so much. And we're just humbled and honored to be part of Small Group with you. You, you pour into each of our lives in special ways, and we just can't imagine doing life without you. So we're looking forward to lots more memories together. We love you, Steve and Jean. Think they bought that? <laughs> That's great. That's great. Well, hey, uh, I'm batting cleanup after these guys, so just grab your outline. We'll hit point number three. Does that sound good? Uh, godly leaders pursue integrity. Godly leaders pursue integrity. And uh, in thinking about dads, okay, so this is my dad. My name's Kyle. Uh, yeah, and. Uh, I guess I've known him longer than both of those guys, so that's cool. Uh, in thinking about Dad's legacy, um, there have been mistakes. There have been things in my Dad's life that I know he probably regrets, but there also have been some really cool things in my Dad's life. Uh, the Lord has just shown His grace to my Dad in some really cool ways, um, and I and in thinking about it. The best and worst parts of my dad are the same whether he's working or at home, whether he stands on this stage or is in his garage or driving, you know, the, the true test of integrity. Um, and so for me, integrity is not so much about who are you when no one's looking or, you know, do you pay for a water cup and put Sprite in it? But it's, uh, it's the math term. It's integer the word integer. And before I lose you, uh, I took one math class in college and decided I want to be a musician. So I can, I can count to four and that's pretty much it. But hang with me. Uh, the word integer, it, it means a whole number. This is review, right? It's a whole number with no fractions. And really integrity is having a life that is whole. There's no part of your life that is separate or left out or held back from God. And uh, the more I thought about that, the more I just kept thinking about who Jesus is. And that's really the true mark of a leader, right? Is that when you think about him, when you look at his life, it leads you beyond him to the person of Jesus. And so uh, let's look at that. Jesus is our good shepherd. Let's look at 1 Peter 5, verses 2 and 3. It says this, Care for the flock that God has entrusted to you. Watch over it willingly, not because you have to, not for what you will get out of it, but because you are eager to serve God. Don't lord it over the people assigned to your care, but lead them by your own good example. Peter wrote this to the leaders of his church, 
Uh, he wrote it to the, the people that were pastoring. Uh, but before you check on, out on that, because you're not a pastor or you're not a leader, um, let me just say that this is for you and this is for me. And I'll tell you why. It's because every single one of us is trying to find wholeness in life. Some of us try to feel whole through accomplishments or through relationships or through controlling things or through status in life, but we're all looking for that wholeness. Some of us just feel like we've never measured up in life. Some of us, man, are walking around with wounds from a parent or we've been a victim in our life, but we're all searching for this wholeness. And the good news about God's love is this, that you can have wholeness in your life. You can receive that from Jesus. And that as we receive it in Christ, here's our part. God asks us to do a couple of things. We don't have to earn it. We don't have to go out and find it. God just gives it to us, which is great. Uh, but here's, here's our part in pursuing integrity. Uh, number one, offer God every part of your life. Offer God every part of your life. And I guess you could, uh, if you're taking notes, you could put your life in quotation marks, you know, because it's not really your life. Uh, but look at, uh, look at Psalm 139, verse 23. It says this, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Anybody have those these days? Maybe? Low murmur. Uh, point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. Man, if you're, if you're not yet a believer, if you don't know Jesus, you can just read these words every day. If you feel like you don't know how to pray, just read these words. This is one of the best prayers you could ever pray. And uh, cool thing, I did a, a deep dive this morning uh, on this word, anything. And uh, in Hebrew, that word actually means anything. That was my pastor joke. That was for you, Dad. Uh, it, means, it means anything. And man, if we really read the Bible for all it's worth, that's kind of a scary thing. Because this prayer says, God, the best parts of my life, the worst parts of my life, anything, you can have them. You can hold them. And that's a really scary thing if we're honest. Because the best parts of our life are security, right? They're our identity, they're the things that we're really proud of. And if we're honest, what if God messes with that? Or what if God takes it away from me, right? My life, we said your life. What, what if God wants me to give this thing up that I love so much, that I'm so proud of? All of us, we all have the worst part of our life, right? That part of us that we try to minimize, that part of us that we try to rationalize because of the culture that we're living in today. Um, man, that part of us that we're not proud of that part of us that we wish that we could hide. The Bible says bring both, all of it. Offer God every part of your life. Number two, trust every part of God's word. Trust every part of God's word. John 15, seven says this. But if you make yourselves at home with me and my words are at home in you, you can be sure that whatever you ask will be listened to and acted upon. And I love the language. John 15 is maybe my favorite chapter of the whole Bible because it's just full of this. People are nodding, right? Because it's like such a great chapter of scripture, this language of relationship and trust. And the thing is, is that trust takes time. Trust is a process. 
But friends, God doesn't want to give you wholeness and send you on your way. He wants to walk with you for your whole life. I love Mark 10, Jesus, Jesus says, he says, be like the little kids. He says, be like the little kiddos that will believe anything you say. They'll just take you at your word, right? And, um, and he says, blessed are those who have that sort of faith. And in God's kingdom, we can't receive from him without faith. We can't receive from him. So we trust him with every part, uh, with every part of his word. Number three, receive the fullness of God's promise. Receive the fullness of God's promise. And uh, here we're going to look at Ezekiel. Uh, I think Ronnie said that we're doing a, a series in December on the prophets. So come, come to that. It's going to be really good. But Ezekiel chapter 11 says this. Um, the Lord is speaking to his people. And he says, I will give them an undivided heart. And I will put a new spirit in them. I will remove from them their heart of stone and give them a heart of flesh. And this idea, this undivided heart, that's a life of worship. That's a life of integrity. That I am who I am no matter where I go. But it's so interesting, isn't it, that God uses the language, the language that he uses here is language of heart surgery. Which, uh, even today, but definitely before medicine is painful, is scary. There's healing involved, it's slow. Faith is important, friends, because you might miss it if you are looking for God's promise in comfort or in status or if you're looking for God's promise in the things of this world. But God's promise might not look like that. But here's the good news. God's promise looks like Jesus. The fullness of God's promise looks like walking with the Holy Spirit and all of the strength and wisdom that he brings into our life. He brings healing into our lives. He heals us from our brokenness. And that is really good news because we can't make ourselves whole. You can have the best marriage in the world, founded on Jesus, two believers, people that love God and seek God, and that marriage will never make you whole. You can have a great career. You can have a great career at a church, and it'll never make you whole. You can raise kids that love God, and they're good, and they do good things, and it won't make you whole. You can pursue health or money or all the things in life and it won't make you whole because God doesn't want those things to make you whole. He wants to make you whole through the person of Jesus. And that, that's the good news of God's love is that the thing, whatever it is that you feel like, man, I've got to get free of this in order to be whole or I've got to shake this off or I've got to move on from this part of my life or I've got to forget that this happened to me. The very thing that you keep holding on to that you feel like you can't let go to is the only thing that God requires of you in order to receive his promise. God wants you to let go of that. He wants you to hand that to him so that he can give you something so much more incredible. Because our God exchanges death for life, right? Our God exchanges beauty for ashes, and he makes us whole again. And we can be people that practice and live and walk with integrity. And the, the beautiful thing about this is that we've already heard tonight how to do it. Right? You say, God, you, you are the center of my life. I'm going to go your way. It's called humility. It's saying, God, yes. Yes, in advance to whatever it is that you're asking for, whatever it is that you're asking of me, you have my yes in advance. It's called being a disciple of Jesus. 
And when we do those things, when we walk in the things that Ronnie and Kevin have taught us about, the things that Steve has modeled in every area of his life, we receive the promise of Jesus. It's a beautiful thing. So let's do this. Let's just pray together. Let's ask God that he'd continue to be kind and gracious, that he would extend these things to us, and that he might lead us in what it looks like to just receive that from him. So Heavenly Father, thank you that when we look at uh, the life of our pastor, God, that as I look at the life of my dad, that I see you. Thank you for his faithfulness, God, um, to you, his faithfulness over time to mom, his faithfulness uh, to be a father that loves his kiddos so well, but more than any of those things, that he is a man that walks closely with you and turns towards you and says yes to you and comes under the lordship of Jesus. Um, Thank you for his example, and we pray, God, that you would do that work in our life. Just like Ezekiel uh, said, God, that it is something that you work in us, that it's a transformation, that it's something supernatural that we can't do apart from you. And so tonight, this morning, today, God, right now where we are, we turn towards you and we say yes. We're tired of going our own way, God. We say that we want to go yours. Thank you for your son, Jesus, and for the way that he transforms our lives to reflect the goodness of who you are. We love you and we say thank you, God. Well, Steve and Jean are people that have just lived yielded lives, and um, you can be one of those too. We just encourage you to say yes to Jesus. Uh, There's no better decision that you can make in your life than saying yes to Jesus, and these are people that we've just celebrated here have said yes every single day. And you, as you can see, uh, we've invited our guest of honors on the stage with us uh, as that video was uh, playing because we want to honor them. And they don't know, but there have been, you know, there have been lots of emails going on about them. And, and on those email distributions to all of our membership and attenders, uh, they've not been on those lists. But uh, I, I know that they're going to be excited to see all the many cards that you've uh, sent their way and, and all the gifts mm-hmm. that we've put together and things that you've given to that we're excited to share with them. But before we get to the serious gifts of honor that we want to share with them, we have a couple of kind of roasting gifts that we want to share with them that are kind of important. We want you to bear witness. So Ronnie has the first one. If you just open this. So this is something that we heard you say over and over again. And so we thought that this would be something that you can put in your desk in the new office and you can use that. So you can go ahead and open that. <laughs> you want to show, show them what it is. It's a pause button. How many times has Steve said in a message, let me hit the pause button for a moment. Because I want to now we have shift gears. So now you have one. Yeah. So. And, and of course, one of the things that you'll remember, if you've been around here for any length of time, you're going to recognize why uh, they're getting these gifts, especially for Pastor Steve, because there's a there's a, he likes to distinguish his roles here at North Point Church, and he likes to talk about, so I'm going to help you open this one just so we can clearly convey this. He likes to talk about the different hats he has to wear all the time around here, and so you know that he always says, well, here's the pastor hat, so you can go ahead and wear that one, but he always then says, well, now I'm going to put on the CEO hat, and uh, so there's that one. You can wear that. Yeah, let's hear it for him. That's good. Yeah, she's really the CEO, so you can wear that one around the house. But we all know with this transition, you're not leaving us. You're still around doing great ministry, except now. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> this, 
This is the founder hat. Yes, there it is. <laughs> We're excited about that. And of course, uh, Miss Jean, um, of course we have, there are lots of acknowledgments and gifts that we'd present to the both of you here. I mean, this, they're just filled with cards and just wonderful things, so you have that. Miss Jean, we wanted to give you these flowers because we love you so much, and we love the both of you. But there's another gift, and this is the one that we've been conspiring, you know, to present to you. Yeah, and uh, we're excited about this, but before I explain what it is, we'll go ahead and let you open. You're holding those. Do you want to open this, Steve? This is a gift for the both of you. And uh, I'll let you open it first, and then I'll explain it here. Yeah, just rip that bad boy open. There you go. Now, if you could just hold that up for everybody, just hold that up there. That, of course, is a collector's edition of the Band of Brothers and the Pacific, which you know is a very well-known HBO series. And we're going to go ahead and let you watch that together. Isn't that great? Let's hear it for them. (laughs) That's so good. Uh, No, in fact, here's the coolest thing. That represents a gift you're actually getting. It's a bucket lift. A bucket list gift where uh, members of the church and staff and different ones have put together a fund in which we have purchased a trip. The same production company that has put this together actually puts together a trip. And let me describe it to you real quick. You're going on, I mean, all expenses paid travel, just a beautiful tour in Europe. We're going to send them on a trip to experience the history of the Normandy campaign. The tour is called Beaches and Beyond. That's going to take them from the D-Day beaches to the inland campaigns of the heart of Normandy. They're going to follow the American, British, and Canadian armies as they fight for Carn and Cherbourg. They're going to stand with the GIs of the 30th Infantry Division as they stop on the last great German offensive in Normandy. They're going to stop it in its tracks. They're going to see where free Polish forces closed the Germans' last avenue of escape at Falaise, and you're going to follow the Allies as they race to liberate Paris. And it is going to be an amazing trip. They've even tacked on, it doesn't say in here, but there's a whole Winston Churchill and England tour that we've added on to this. It is going to be an amazing trip for you guys. And we know you'd never choose it for yourself. So let's hear it for them. It's going to be an incredible trip. Yeah, yeah, pretty cool. Yeah, no words. We've overwhelmed you, haven't we? Yeah. Now, I would just ask you, I didn't prepare you this, but is there anything you guys would like to say? We have mics up here. If I didn't prepare you for this, but... Well, I have... Is this on? Okay. I think. It's one more joke we're playing on you, right here. One last time. Uh, test one, two, three. Is this on, my friend? Oh, maybe not. Oh, I'm talking. Yeah. Hello, hello. <laughs> right. I don't know. Well. Thank okay. you. There you go. That's okay, good. I'll take go. it. There you go. Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, we're... I'll tell you what, we're going to pray for them, and we've kind of we've staggered up here because we're doing this COVID-friendly style, but we'd ask you to join us at home. In fact, people are just going to extend a hand uh, mm. to them, and I'd ask you to stand. You that are here, staff, mm. just stand up, and you just extend a hand to them, and, and you guys here do that, and we're just, uh, Pastor Ronnie's going to lead us in praying over these guys in their new adventure of continuing ministry uh, here at North Point Church.
Let's pray together. Father God, we just thank you for these two incredible people that we love so much, that we are so um, proud to call them our pastors, our friend, our mentor. And uh, God, we are excited for this transition that they are that they're making because what's most exciting is that they're not leaving. They're not going anywhere. Uh, they're just uh, changing some roles, but they're still going to be just as big of an active part of North Point for uh, what I believe is going to be decades to come. And so God, I just thank you for their years of service. I thank you for their heart for ministry, their heart for loving people. I, along with uh, the other families here on stage and, and the thousands of people that are watching online right now, um, just want to say, God, just thank you for making two incredibly awesome people, people that uh, know how to love well, that know how to serve well, that know how to live well in accordance to your word, and God, that they have just been a testimony, gosh, all around the world to so many people. God, I just pray that you would just honor that and that you would just continue um, through this next season, this next journey and chapter uh, that, they're, that they're embarking on um, to continue to be a role model for all of us just to be a part of their lives and just to see how you're going to do incredible things uh, through, the, through Pastor Steve's ministry. God, I thank you just that, that you um, brought him to North Point Church over 30 plus years ago to be our pastor. We love them. We're excited for them, and we love them just as, as they just continue just to serve you well. And so as a church family, all around the world, we say, God, thank you. Thank you for creating two, two amazing people that we love. And God, we ask these things in your holy son's precious name. And everybody said, amen. Amen. You guys amen. And uh, we know that at home, you joined us in prayer. Just continue to pray for Pastor Steve and Jean. Now, before we close, I just want to remind everybody that we are having a reception for them so that you all can uh, express your appreciation. We have decided to move that reception to next weekend because of the weather this weekend. Uh, all the predictions of rain and dismal weather, we want to celebrate well. So that's going to be next weekend, just after the service. We're going to have a picnic and time together uh, right outside our worship center. It's going to be great. So we'd invite you to join us for that. God bless you. Thanks for worshiping with us today. We love you. Have a great day.